Well, good morning, everybody. It is just such a blessing just to see all of you here and just to bring you the good news of God's grace. Today, I'm just going to encourage you. I'm going to go through Psalm 37. We're going to look at Psalm 46. We're going to look at uh, Luke 12 and some other passages. But I want to start out by just reading from John chapter 1, verse 1. This is a well-known passage. And as we read this, you know, we don't think that we can get a a new or some fresh understanding of it but you know the word of God is just full of life and this is something beautiful that stands out for me and I, I read this the other day and thought that I have to share this wherever I go it says here in the beginning was the word and that word word there is the word message in other words from the beginning God had a message and this message was with God. That word with there also means it wasn't contrary to who he is. It says here then, and this word or this message was God. Now, it's very difficult sometimes to understand that, but this is how I understand that, that verse. The message that God had for us from the beginning was God himself as our destination. That is what it is. In the beginning was the word. This word, this message that God had for us. In the beginning, God had the message of eternal life for us. From before the world began, God had in mind that I want to give eternal life to human beings that I would still create. This message of eternal life towards us was, the, was God himself. So the message that God has for you is... Him as your destination. His message to you is not one of fear, is not one of anxiety. It is one wherein He says, who I am is your very destination. We can go and read that in, um, I didn't plan to do it, but let us quickly go to Genesis 15. And we can see the same uh, in Genesis 15. It says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram. In a vision saying, fear not Abraham, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. So what he was saying to Abraham is, as you believe upon me, the reward for believing upon me is me. So the word that was from the beginning to us is God. As what God was Abraham's reward, what Abraham would end up into is the fullness of the Godhead bodily because of God. That is the reward of believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of what he has for us. The beautiful thing is that God had that message from the beginning. That was the message in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, it was a prophetic word. And then we find Jesus when he came, when that message was materializing. And now we are in the place where we are seeing this word starting to manifest in those who believe upon him. And we've got a great confident expectation and a hope for the future which is all found in Jesus the fullness of the Godhead bodily I mean what more can we say than that okay today I want to go to Psalm 37 and um, I just want to walk through Psalm 37 with you I don't think we're going to go through many of the verses um, but we'll do as good as what we can 
And I was just thinking to encourage you today. Maybe today will not be an in-depth teaching. It's just going to be an encouragement, an encouragement to look at the love that God has for you, an encouragement to have your eyes focused on Him because His eyes are focused on you and not to focus on those things that is around us, the, um, the fears, the political situation, maybe what bad things that you are thinking is going to happen to you or whatever it is, not to look at those things, but to simply look at the love that God has for us. We're also going to touch a little bit on just how to deal with feelings in your heart that you might have right now that might be negative or where you feel that you are stressing out a bit. It says here in Psalm 37 verse 1, it says, fret not yourself, fret not yourself, because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. Now, let me explain that. Now, I want you to know that when I read these verses, it sounds like commands. It sounds like do's and don'ts, like fret not yourself, means don't stress. You might say, but I am stressing. How am I not going to stress? And we're going to also look at the advice that the, um, uh, the psalm writer David is giving here on how he basically gets that right. He just puts everything into perspective for what it truly is. He says, fret not yourself. And then he says, why? And he goes on like that. And he goes on for about 40 verses uh, explaining all of that. Um, and I'm sure that after listening to this message, you will find that you are not fretting yourself. Now, fret is not a word that I am familiar with, uh, especially in South Africa. Uh, fret, not, uh, well, fret, if you say to me, uh, fret, you, that's somebody's name. Fred, you know, fret, kumbikiso. That's about fret. That's, the spelling's a bit different, but fret not yourself. That word fret there uh, means, um, in the English Webster's Dictionary, it simply means don't irritate yourself. Don't frustrate yourself. Don't irritate yourself. This is what it, what it, what it says here. Um, I, I want to just get the dictionary here. It says, it says, to rub, to wear away a substance by friction, to corrode. To corrode away. It says a worm frets the planks of a ship. To be, to be eaten away by, by worms. That's basically what it's saying here. To impair or to wear away. It says here to agitate violently. To agitate or disturb. It also means here um, to tease yourself or to irritate. To become angry. So what he's basically saying here, if I can combine all these words, which is not always the best way of doing it, but if we combine this, we basically see that this word is used as a word where it says something is decaying, something is withering away, something is uh, falling away. You find uh, what when we say a friction taking place, a corroding taking place, a rusting away, a wearing away, being consumed um, by also being angry, being angry, being upset. 
It says here, fret not yourself because of evildoers. So we find evildoers in this world. There's a lot of evildoers. Yesterday, last night, somebody came to my house. He says he was just robbed in front of the uh, supermarket here in Malmesbury. They came and grabbed his 30,000 rand cell phone or something from him, pushed a bag into his face. And, uh, I mean, he said to me, I was, I was so quiet, he come at my face. He says, yeah, I was so upset that you could arc weld with me. And he says he is still very upset. Now, I mean, that is a natural thing that happens. And we get angry. And as we listen to that, we get angry because of these evildoers. And then we look at uh, governments and how they deal with these things and so forth. And we feel, my goodness, you know, is, is this right? Especially, especially politically. When we look at a country, it puts a lot of pressure upon people. The systems of this country, especially if you read the news, listen to the news, look at what's going on, look at the COVID, how it's being handled. I mean, we are traveling to, uh, we want to travel to Zambia, and now what they are basically saying is, is that we can go to Zambia, uh, and we don't have to do 14-day quarantine if we are vaccinated. So we are now basically forced to be vaccinated. I cannot say, well, I'm waiting until I find a vaccine that I am happy with, that this is completely safe, and then I'll take it if I still feel to take it. But uh, I now am in a place where I am forced. And we feel, well, why should we be forced? And we can fret ourselves. We can be eaten away by it. We can corrode away by it. Who we really are can, be, uh, can just waste away because of evildoers. It says, you neither be envious against workers of iniquity. That word envious is not envious as would we understand it, to desire their, uh, their wealth or those kind of things. That word envious there could also be translated as zealous. Now you find in Jesus' time that there were certain people, they were the zealots. They were zealous against Rome. And what that meant was they were standing up and they were now in battle and they were fighting against Rome. It says here, uh, don't fret yourself, don't be wasted away because of evildoers and also don't basically just stand up and fight them all day because that will tire you out. We've seen what, how that happened to the church in the American elections, how the church was fading away, wasting away, how the message of grace was not in the mouths of people anymore, but politics was. It was a wasting away because of a zealous fighting against evil workers because the idea is we need to get these evil workers out of our lives, out of our country, out of these away from our lives so that we can uh, prosper. Now listen to what the reason uh, the psalm writer says that we should not uh, fret or be wasting away or irritate ourselves because of these people. It says here, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. So what he's basically saying here is, we don't have to be so upset about bad things because it is temporal. It is not eternal. It's going to waste away itself. It's not for us to be wasting away. It's not for us to be 
uh, corroding away, rusting away because of all these things. Because, I mean, there will always be someone or something or some news report that will... Um, that you will look at, you would look at something and you would think, that is not just, that is unjust, and so forth. And the next thing you think is, we need to go over to action, and we need to become zealous against this. And you get consumed by this thing, and your joy, and who you truly are, is simply wasting away. And that happens when we forget that evil is temporal, and what is good is eternal. We forget that. And it's so easy to forget. It's almost as if we think that what is good, what Jesus Christ has done, what is righteous, what is beautiful, which is in the earth, is like this petite little weak, also beautiful little plant um, that is growing and evil is a bulldozer that's coming and it is so powerful, it is so wicked and this plant has got no chance against this bad bulldozer that's going to come and just destroy the plant and we must now stand up for the plant to try and protect it with our lives. What the psalm writer does, what, what David does is he compares evil to that little plant. And life, the life of God, the work of God, that which you already have in your heart, that, un, that which you are already under, the good that you are already in, the life that is already inside you, that which you are born from, is like the bulldozer. There's no reason to even get upset about it. You might say, but, but, but what about Psalm 37 too? This is what it says. Let me read it. In verse 2 it says, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. I've also thought this way. For us to be against uh, evil in the sense of fighting against it all the time and being upset and fretting ourselves, we can be so much be against a person that tomorrow might even be saved and be part of the church. So let us know that evil is temporal. What is bad is temporal. Uh, all the corruption in our country in South Africa and in every country it's there. The trillions that got stolen. I heard the other day that if the, the um, somebody shared with me if the money that was stolen in the last, I don't know how many years in South Africa, was handled correctly, ev there would not have been one shack in South Africa. Everyone will have a house. We can retar all the roads. There can be schools. University can be for free. If the money is not used in a bad sense or stolen. But do you know what? All that evil is so temporal that it's not worthy to waste away because of that. And we might say, but it might be there for my whole life. Well, if we look at things from God's perspective from an eternal perspective, we would find that uh, in the resurrection, 
it would be true that what was evil was only but for, it was just a flash in the pan. That's all it is. It was just there for a moment. But what we have and what we would partake in, which has already started in our lives now, which we which form and shape our lives, we would find that is the eternal thing. And that we were basically worried and stressed out about something that's passing away anyway. So, I'm going to just read it in the Afrikaans for Afrikaans people that are here. It says, Moenie ontsteld word oor die kwaaddoeners nie. Moenie ontsteld word. Don't get upset. That is the, the, the right word. I'm, I'm now so upset. Why? What empowers us not to be upset? A balanced view, knowing the truth, which is that Jesus Christ, who He is today, as He's risen from the dead, is a new creation. And we that are in Him are not part of the wasting away creation. We are part of the eternal. We are part of that which is good. Glory to God. Amen. That which is eternal. It says, You trust in the Lord and do good, and so shall you dwell in the land, and verily you shall be fed. Delight also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Just trust in the Lord. So how do we not fret? It's very simple. To, to stress out about something is simply taking place in your heart as we are just losing a bit of perspective on what is going on. And that happens to us. That happens to the best of us. It's happened to me several times, you know, where uh, something happens and you look at it and you get consumed by it. And it wants to, you feel how the joy and the good that was in you is wasting away because of this little thing now. We can just take that to relationships. A husband and a wife, they're arguing about something. Or you think of a situation with your children and, you, and it's like you are getting irritated because of the evil that has happened, the injustice that has taken place. Why have they treated my child like that? That's not right. That is not right. And now you become envious, or the word there is zealous, against it. Now you feel it's your job to sort that out and you're now going to sort that out. I mean, I've... I've seen that and you just find that you are wasting away. Know this, that that evil is temporal. And I think what we do is we focus on what is eternal and that is the good that is in you. You, we've got the ministration of reconciliation. We are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Uh, we don't refer to Jesus anymore as a Jew that is in, in the physical. We don't refer to him as a Jew because when he was raised from the dead, he was neither Jew nor Gentile nor male, uh, not, female, nothing. He, he was a new creation that is the fullness of God bodily. And we are that now. We are under that jurisdiction and rule. And that is what we can believe in and trust upon. So the moment we see evil, we can just look at it this way. It's almost like a bug that is on the windscreen of the car. You know, it's like if there's a bug and it hits your car's windscreen, you see it there. You don't stop for every bug and get upset and then clean the windscreen and you're now upset because of bugs. No, you know it's there. You know it's temporal. You know it's going to be uh, washed, washed off 
in a day or two when you wash your car again. But if you drive behind a truck and they throw stones and there are permanent chips in the paintwork, that's when you get upset because you know this is now permanent. And even a stone chip is not that permanent, but you find that it is not that easy to clean off and to get away. God comes and he says, the evil in this world is just for a moment. And this is how this whole psalm continues. He says, trust in the Lord and you shall be fed. You don't have to fight evil, end evil, and when evil is ended by your effort, then you will be fed. No, just trust in God, you will be fed. That is what it says there. Delight yourself in the Lord. That word delight, you know that I've preached on that before. Be pampered. That's what delight means. Be pampered by the fact that our Lord is Lord. And He will give you, as you are pampered by Him, as we are pampered right now, as you are pampered by the truth of uh, the longevity, if you want to call it like that, the it, eternal nature of what is good and the temporal nature of what is bad. As you are pampered by that, you find that God gives you desires in your heart. There is peace coming to your heart and desires for your future and things that is now arranged and formed by this truth. It says, commit your way unto the Lord and trust in Him and He shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way. So what he's basically saying is, is we can look at the world, we can look at politics, we can look at the, 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 the systems which, I mean, there's so many. When it comes to the, the, the COVID thing and the vaccine, especially now in South Africa, it's, it's picking up a bit more. You know, uh, you know what shall you do? Uh, shall you be vaccinated or not? You know, we are being forced. This, that, whatever. There's so many uh, perspectives, so many opinions. Uh, it would just be absolutely foolish for me to give my opinion on a platform like this because I tell you now, just in our group that's gathering here and the people that will watch this on YouTube, we will find... Uh, almost as many people as what there are opinions. So my opinion about this, I'll never make public. You know, it, it's you, you believe what you want to believe about this. But this I want to say, the fear that there is when it comes to this, the turmoil that there is about this, the injustice that is preached and portrayed that says, People are being forced. People are being, uh, you know, there are certain people that want to take over the world and all of that. Let's say all of that is true. Let's say it's all true. And we look at how effective and how prosperous uh, the systems of this world is. This is what this is basically talking about. It says here, fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way. It says don't be wasting away don't worry, don't get upset, don't wither away because of the success or the seeming success of evil in this world. It says, don't waste away because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake to go over into action to destroy these people. Fret not yourself in any way. To do evil. 
So what he's basically saying here is, this is a very powerful word for us. If we read what the psalm writer writes, what David writes, and listen, David knows what it is to have injustice done towards him. If your own son is hunting you down and wanting to kill you, it's a massive injustice. And he, in these situations, we're writing what he's writing. He says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Wrath means basically to bring forth this destruction now. Fret not yourself. So what he's basically saying is, as you get angry about these things, as you get upset about these things, because you're losing vision on what you already have, how eternal what you already have truly is, he says here, you will waste away, and it says here, in, uh, um, and in no way do evil. So what is the evil that he's talking about? He's basically saying that if you are looking at what is bad in the world and you are thinking that by your works and your action you're going to remove the evil so that you can live, you are busy with evil works. You're the evil one now. You. <laughs> because you, by your own works, want to change the world. You basically want to say, let me remove what is evil in the world by my power and my action and my ability. And so you are doing the evil thing. Because you are now using human willpower. You are using your own ability to remove evil in the world, which is, according to God, passing away anyway. If you are in a place where evil is passing away anyway and, it, and whosoever is part of that evil and that bad will pass away with it, the solution would be to bring something that is eternal and good and get people to be part of the eternal and good so that they don't waste away with the evil. And that is exactly what God has done. God has not come to try and destroy evil. Evil is not eternal. He's come to bring something that is eternal so that we can exist and live with Him forevermore. And that is what He brought forth in Jesus Christ. That is uh, uh, the, the wonderful joy that comes to our hearts when we see the resurrected Christ. Uh, I think yesterday I spoke to a friend, was yesterday, I spoke to a friend of mine uh, which also studies the scripture a lot and so forth and we were talking about uh, this whole concept of eternal and the gospel. If you look at the world and everything that is in the world, if you look at the problems of the world, let's say you were Jesus, there was no such a concept of Jesus or salvation or anything like that and you had to look at the world and what it was what was happening in the world, and you had to come up with a solution for the problems of the world. If your solution is not a man who conquers physical death, who can live forever in the highest quality of life, and him being a life giver free from the works of people, if that is not your solution, you've never understood the problem. And I think if we look at the world and its solutions that it offers, it is not the resurrected Christ. It is not belief and reliance upon Him. No, the world's problem, the world's way is we must fight evil. And it's drawing the church into that. The church is fretting, is, it, 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 is, it is wasting away in its effort to combat evil. 
<laughs> Instead, the scripture says here, he says, let me read it again. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. In other words, don't get upset because of evildoers. Neither become zealous against them. Because if you do that, you bring evil into the situation. You are doing evil then. He says, for they soon will be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. He says, just trust God. You, you will be fed and you will live in the land. That is what he is saying. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself in any way to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off. For evildoers shall be cut off. Those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Jesus Christ said the very same thing in Matthew 5. He says, the meek shall inherit the earth. Who, who are the meek? The meek are those who trust upon God and doesn't make it their, their issue to know all the evil that people are doing and to fight against it, but to trust God, believe in God, know that the evil is anyway a temporal thing that passes away. We rest upon Him. We rest upon the resurrected Christ and what He has given, and we know that we are part of the eternal kingdom. It says here, it says, For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. You shall... Um, you shall diligently consider the place where he was and you shall not find him there. Can you see how the psalmist come and takes all the evil and the people that hate what is good, that, that, that don't want God, and how he says that this is temporal, it's returning to the dust of the earth, and how this harmonizes with what God said in Genesis where he says, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for you will surely die. And wherein um, he said to Adam that you are of the dust, and to the dust you will return. How we find the place where Adam was, and we want to find him, and he's there no more. So I want to tell you, we need, a, we need to have God's perspective on these things. It might feel long for us, because a time where we see evil might take hundreds of years. And we might only have seen that. But I want to tell you, you in Jesus Christ are part of the eternal kingdom that lasts forever. And as we look into, in the resurrection, as we look at all these things, we would understand what God has said through David in Psalm 37. It wasn't even worth, worth it to break a sweat over it. It was just temporal anyway. And we've already had that which is eternal. It's a bit of a different way of looking at things, but I'm just encouraging you from the scripture here, and I'm saying to you, let us see what we already have. It says here, but the meek, here it is verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So what he says is, where there's no peace, that's just temporal. It's just temporal. The wicked plot against the just and gnashes upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow and cast, to cast down the poor and the needy and to slay such as is upright in conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bowels shall be broken. 
I don't rejoice. The Bible says we don't rejoice in the death of the wicked. We don't rejoice if we see this happen to the people. The people, we, we are also calling those people in our love and in the knowledge that we have. We're calling even those people to repentance, to believe what we believe. For Jesus also died for them. But as we stand up and be, go into war against these people, we're not going to win any of them. Listen to this. A little that is righteous. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Okay, I want to just quickly go to Psalm 46. Listen to this. This is so beautiful. Um, Psalm 46 and verse 10. Let's read from verse, um, verse 8. It says, Come behold the works of the Lord, what desolations He has made in the earth. Now that sounds very negative. God has brought desolation. Now listen to what He means. He says, He makes wars to cease. He says, Come and behold the works of the Lord, what desolation He has brought in the earth. So what... What is the word desolate of now? What is this desolation? He's made wars to cease. So we'll be desolate of wars. We'll be desolate of all these evil things. And it's the working and the doing of God. It says he makes wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in asunder and he burns the chariots in fire. So what he's basically saying is he is ending the evil that is in the world. How? He's bringing goodness to this earth and the love that he brings forth. I, I've, I've seen the desolation that God has brought to my life. I've seen the wars and the battles that there's been in my life end and cease because of the marvelous work of God in the resurrection of Jesus. You know, many people that watch this and might watch this in years to come, this will be on YouTube for as long as what YouTube will keep it there and as long as what it exists. Um, it, people that watch this, I mean, there might be people that watch this that might have been fretting and being envious and zealous against what is evil and they've taken up the sword against evil and they've now put themselves in a battle here and they, they are wasting away. There are people that are, that are like that might listen to this message, hear the truth and find peace come to them and now desolation has come to them in the area of their war that they were fighting they're not in a war anymore they are now in rest trusting God wherein God establishes his king and the Bible says if you go and read Isaiah 9 you know it talks about Jesus Christ it says to the basically the advancement or the spreading if you want to call it like that of his kingdom there shall be no end and it's an everlasting kingdom and that's what we are part of, church. Glory to God. Whenever I see something that is bad, something that is not just, I just say, this shall also pass. It is not forever. And whenever I see a good news gospel or I see somebody believing this message, I say, and this good is eternal. And this, this is what will fill the earth. The problem that I think is that the church has not understood the... Um, Elena, can you just put the clock on there again, the timer? 
Um, I think that the, the, the church has not understood that the earth is what we will inherit. We've had this idea of we are temporary on earth and then we're going to live in heaven. And that's why we, want to, we must make as good of a place of earth as possible because this earth is just going to become wicked and just burn up and be destroyed. So we just make, want to make it as good as possible and then we're going to go away. No, as sure as what you are, that heaven will be a good place. And as sure as what we, in the, under our traditional view, would say that heaven is eternal and peace there is eternal, all those kind of things. We must just bring that to earth. That is all. Because the Bible says, and Jesus teaches us to pray, Father, this is basically your will, on earth as it is in heaven. And it says here, those that are not fretting about these evil things and getting all upset and all worked up about these things, they will inherit the earth. Those who trust in the Lord. It says here that he will end wars. That's the desolation he will bring. The, the world will be desolate of wars. It will not be there anymore. It says here, and I'm going to read the Afrikaans. The Afrikaans is such a nice word. My mom used to say this word to me sometimes. <laughs> Let me read verse 10, uh, verse 9. It says, he makes wars to cease unto the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow. He cuts the spear. He ends these fights. Listen to this. It says here in the next verse, he says, since God does these things, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in all the earth. So we, we so, so many times are so scared. Oh God, you know, what's going to happen with the world? What, the, what, is, what is becoming of the world? What's going on? This is what he says. He says, be still and know that I am God. I cease wars. I, I will get wars to cease, to end. These things are just temporal. They will end. It might say, but it doesn't seem as if it's going to end. The Bible just says in Psalm 37 there, patiently wait. Patiently wait. Talk to God about these things. And yes, it is that we can be anxious about these things. And I will talk about that a little bit now. Um, it says, be still and know that I am God. This is what the Afrikaans says. This is Psalm 47. And it's in the, um, the direct translation. It says it this way. I'm sorry, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's an Afrikaans word that I can put in there. It says here. In verse 10, just excuse the Afrikaans, it says, Wat oorloe laat ophou, tot aan die einde van die aarde, boe breek, hy stikkend, en hy verpletter spiese, waans verbrand hy in die vier. And now verse 11, it says here, Bedaar, en erken, dat ek God is. Bedaar, calm down. <laughs> That's what it basically is. Stop to stress. I just Afrikaans words so nice. I remember sometimes I would come to my mom uh, at home and I would say, Mom, you wouldn't know what has happened. This teacher has done this and this and this and that. And then she, she, she would just tell me, Badar. <laughs> Badar. Calm down, man. Calm down. Badar in erken dat ek God is. Ek is verhewe boor die nasies. Ek is verhewe boor die aarde. Die Heere, Heerser, oor alle machte is met ons. A toevlug in heil vir ons. So what he's saying is, calm down, I am God. 
and I will be seen in the earth. And my kingdom shall flood the earth. And all wars shall cease. They are temporal. Let us just get our focus on that. And not get our focus on how this is going to take place. That's where trust in God comes in. You might say, but Bertie, I am stressed out about some things. And I'm going through difficult times. Let us just look at that quickly. Luke 12. Verse 50. This is Jesus, and um, he's talking about this fire that will be sent, that will burn up all these wars and all these things. He says, I have come to send fire on the earth. And what will I if it already be kindled? So what he says is, he says, I'm come to send fire on the earth. On the earth, and the other translation says, and how I wish it was already kindled. He says, but I have a baptism to be baptized with, and this was now the cross and his death. He says, and how I am straightened till it be accomplished. How I am straightened till it be accomplished it means constraint, kept pressed. Uh, it means here to hold together, to compress, to be perplexed, to be preoccupied to be constrained, to lie sick of, in straight, straightened, to be taken with, throng. So what he's saying is here, he knew that he was going to be um, crucified. He knew that he was going to be rejected. He knew that he was going to be beaten. And not just that, I think the greatest thing that Jesus had to deal with was death itself. He is one that has never known death. And now he's going to die. And he's going to be completely weak, helpless in himself, void of self-life, which Jesus always had, you know, even before he was in the earth, when he was with the Father, the glory that he had there. That glory of Jesus, he's, he's abandoning that. And he's going to death. He's facing that. And he says, listen, I'm going to kindle a fire. This will bring divisions between people, but this fire will burn up everything. And this kingdom will take over everything. And this must be kindled, but I first have a baptism to be baptized with. I'm going to die. And he says here, how I am preoccupied with that, perplexed by that. It says here, pressed by that. How I actually lie sick because of that. We can just call that stressed. How I am, I mean, it is like uh, if, if you've got something that you know, no need to take place. I mean, we, you, people might know that their parents are going to die someday. And you can see your father or your mother becoming ill and you can know that they are maybe on life support and then there comes a day when you have to say, switch that machine off. And, and that feeling of, I mean, you know that they believe in Jesus, you know they're part of the resurrection, you know all those things, but you are still pressed. You still lie awake at night because of all these things. So I want to say to you that in all of this fretting and in all of, what I've ma uh, mentioned, I'm not blind to the, and the, the word of God is not blind to the fact that
people can be at a place where you think about those things, where you ponder about those things. Fretting in the scripture simply means to be to irritate yourself, to be angry to the point where you want to go over into action to combat evil in the world so that you can now stand and make the church stand victorious. And this we see many churches are now adopting that system when it comes to politics, which is actually bringing evil in the world or doing evil in the world and that you yourself will then be part of what is wasting away, man, because you're now going to wars and battles and those kind of things, which is the very thing that God will end. So um, the scripture here and what I'm seeing is here is Jesus. He says, listen, I know I'm going to be raised from the dead on the third day. I know that there's going to come a fire that's going to burn up all wickedness and stubble and all those kind of things, the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all. I know that. And I know that I have to die and be beaten and go through all of that. And I so wish it was already accomplished. But as I'm thinking of it happening, it does press in on me. I do feel it. To the point that Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and saying, Father, if it is your will, can this cup pass by me? And you might feel that in your heart. You might feel that, which I don't call fretting or stressing or uh, being zealous to stand against evil. It is just the discomfort of seeing people suffering or going through difficult times or worried. It's like going to the dentist and you know they must you know, remove one of your teeth or they must do a root canal. I mean, you, you know, you so wish that it's already done. But you lie awake if you think of the thought. And then for three days it goes well and then all of a sudden this thing grabs your mind again. We find that that very thing was also in the life of Jesus. But how did Jesus deal with it? Jesus, I believe, was just prayerfully going to the Father and talking to the Father about these things. He looked at the scriptures, and I, I can imagine Jesus reading. I mean, Jesus read Psalm 40 for sure. He knew it off by heart. He knew Psalm 37 off by heart. As, he, as we find G, uh, Psalm 40 as one of Jesus' prayers that he must have prayed, we find Psalm 37 must also have been something that Jesus must have quoted, saying, fret not yourself. Don't go into war. Don't try and lead a rebellion to overthrow Rome or any of those things. Humble yourself. What you see here, what's happening with Rome, what's happening with all of this, this is just temporal. But what is inside you, as you believe and trust upon me, is eternal. And I shall bring forth that, uh, th that eternal life in you. And Jesus was raised from the dead. And I want to tell you, he's the firstborn amongst many brethren. And he, it's his will to bring many brethren unto the glory, many sons unto the very glory possessed by Jesus. So as Jesus read Psalm 37, we read it. As Jesus also had that thing inside him that thinks, man, you know, bad things are coming and I can see how it's going to overtake me. And, and um, I know that I will stand victorious in the end, but I'm still stressed out a bit now. We find that Jesus, through the scriptures, through prayer, through talking to the Father about it and, and having a mind focused on the truth, overcame those things. And what he also said here, he basically said that, 
I will find this thing constantly coming to me until it is accomplished. And I, I want to say it is true for all the church that we will find these feelings come to us until we see the full resurrection manifest in the earth. And let us not condemn ourselves and judge ourselves and, and beat ourselves over the head if we sometimes feel these feelings of um, being pressed in on because of things that looks fearful. When you feel that feeling, it doesn't mean you are fretting. When you feel that feeling, we don't give over to that. Yes, we are pressed in. We, we, we are at a place where we, as it says here, feel straightened, constrained, where we sometimes lie awake at night. But even if you lie awake at night, don't think you've now lost the battle. The disciples that were in the boat with Jesus, they woke Jesus up and said, Jesus, you know, don't you care that we are perishing? But Jesus still took them to the other side. So I want to say to you that we are going to the other side. Definitely, we are in the boat with the one that possesses eternal life. We are in the boat with the one that will cause all wars to cease. So we rest and trust in him. We don't have to try and advance the name of God in the earth in the sense of if we don't do it, his name is going to be washed out from the earth and his name will be no more. No, no, no. Uh, Evil is the thing that's being washed away. We are part of what is eternal and the earth is the destination, is, is heaven's destination. Glory to God. So let me pray for you. And uh, I trust this message blesses you today and encourages you. Father, I want to thank you that we can know that we don't have to irritate ourselves to the point that we waste away in our own efforts to stand up against evil in this world, but that we can know that evil is temporal, you are eternal, and we have the promise of eternal life. We also have the eternal spirit already within us now that is bringing forth fruit in our lives today. And thank you that we can rest in that. I pray for everyone that is watching me uh, via YouTube or via this uh, webcast that we have here with Zoom. I thank you, Lord, that everyone is blessed by you. Everyone has got the hope of eternal life. Everyone is under the jurisdiction of God and the rule of God in Jesus' mighty name. And I thank you, Father, that signs, wonders, and miracles of this massive, powerful kingdom of yours take place in these people's lives. People that lie sick watching this, that is don't feel well, that they are healed right now. People that are going through financial stress, difficulty. Thank you that you bring relief for them and answers for them. People that don't know what to do in the future. Thank you that answers come from you uh, just supernaturally as they can and that so that through that they can see signs of your kingdom that's established in the earth and that will manifest in the earth and that is forevermore. Thank you for that God in Jesus mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for watching and that I could serve you with the good news of Jesus Christ.